Hello, this is Andy, and you're listening to Federal Andy. Hello, friends. This is Andy. I have good news, kind of, and unfortunately, bad news. The good news is I am using my new mic to record this episode. I am not sure I have everything set properly. There's several adjustments that you can change, and I guess I'm going to have to just play around with them and see which sounds the best. So right now this one sounds the best, and it may not be the best, but I guess it will, we'll see how it goes. The bad news is that I am not in the best environment to make a recording. Normally I am in my home office. I have a desk and a chair and everything, and it's uh, not ideal as far as acoustics, but it is better than the kitchen, which is where I am now, because the kitchen's a big room, and it kind of has an echo. I have the windows open, so there's probably some wind noise and birds, and you might hear a dog barking, and other kitchen noises like the refrigerator and the ice maker, things like that. So I apologize for that. I have a cat sleeping in my chair in the office, and she looked so comfortable, I just didn't have the heart to disturb her. So I'm going to start off in the kitchen and see how it goes. And if she decides to get up and I can get back in there, and situate myself in the chair before she returns, then (laughs) the end of the podcast may sound better than the beginning. So, uh, there's a couple of things to talk about. We continue to have terrorism in our streets. And there's a couple of things I feel need to be said, and a few other people are saying them. But it's time that we start calling some people out. And actually, it's time that we start enforcing the Second Amendment in this country, which we are not doing and have not been doing for a long time. If you're interested, stay tuned. Episode 164, The Rape of the Second Amendment. I decided to take a lunch break and after eating realized that I needed to run the dishwasher, which since I was in the kitchen... I thought probably having a dishwasher running in the background was taking not being professional to a new level that I really didn't 
want to go to, wasn't comfortable <laughs> quite with that level of unprofessionalism. Although there's probably worse places a person could choose. At any rate, I have relocated to the office and as luck would have it, the cat, her name is Sabrina, was awake. She was sitting in the chair looking at me as I walked in. So I relocated her to another room. She has a queen-size bed now in a bedroom to rest on, and she decided she wanted to look out the window. So she jumped up onto the windowsill. So everybody's happy for now. And hopefully the sound quality is a little bit better in this room. So we're dealing with tragedies as a country. And perhaps one of the most upsetting of all is the fact that we are losing so many people to gun violence. Of late, we have mostly discussed women's health care rights, the right to have an abortion, or perhaps more correctly, the loss of the right to have an abortion in states controlled by Republicans, and gun violence. And gun violence is in the news pretty much every single day. The United States of America is uniquely the only civilized, if you can call us a civilized society. I don't know. We're, we seem to be the only society that allows people to just be shot dead wherever they happen to be. And that includes children. And the attitude is, oh, well, not much we can do about that other than offer our thoughts and prayers. And, of course, after the horrible tragedy yesterday in Allen, Texas, at the shopping center, I guess it was an um, outlet-type mall is, I guess, what they would call it. Uh, I noticed that the normal people were out there. I saw Ted Cruz. He and Heidi are just ripped up over this. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Well, something I want to point out to Christians is that the Bible actually says thoughts and prayers are great, of course, but they have to be accompanied by working. You're supposed to work through things. If there are things that you can do to address the situation and you don't do it, guess what? That is a sin. It's a sin. So, Ted Cruz, you and your wife Heidi might want to pull your Bibles out and uh, read uh, some of the passages in there about thoughts and prayers. And you might want to read the sections where it says it kind of requires some action 
on your part, especially since you are a member of government in a state that has been hit really, really hard with gun violence, domestic terrorism in our streets, and you're doing nothing about it except offering thoughts and prayers. Well, guess what? According to the Bible, that is a sin. You're supposed to address the problem. You're supposed to work on it. And working on it isn't taking money from the NRA and sticking it in your bank account, okay? That isn't working on it. So let's talk about the Second Amendment again because that seems to be an abused amendment and not abused in necessarily the way you might think. So let me read the text of the Second Amendment to you. And this is uh, a quote. This is an actual quote. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. End quote. Okay. Well, that's, uh, okay, pretty clear, I think. Kind of, sort of, in a foggy strangely worded, strangely punctuated way. But let me ask you this. If the Second Amendment were worded differently, would it have a different meaning to you? How about, for instance, if the Second Amendment said, quote, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. A well-armed and well-regulated militia being the best security of a free country. End quote. Does that have a different uh, interpretation in your opinion? Kind of. Well, that was James Madison's original proposal for the Second Amendment. And in that one, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed is very clear. A well-armed and well-regulated militia being the best security of a free country makes it very obvious there that the focus is on having a well-armed and well-regulated militia. And the purpose of that is to have... Um, uh, that was the best way of providing security of a free country. So, you kind of have to wonder, what did they mean by free state instead of free country? So, what did this group of framers of, of the Constitution and, and the Bill of Rights and everything, what did they, what was their understanding of the definition of free state at that point in time? Well, there's a couple of ways you can look at it, of course. The state could be the country, the state of, of, of the Union, for instance, Although, James Madison, obviously the original intent was free country, and it says free country on there. Um, 
free from what federal oppression free from attack by a foreign state i mean it could be several different things what if they wanted free state to mean a free country which is what Madison's original proposal said, free country, free of despotism. That would uh, pretty much kind of support some individual rights because, yeah, free of despotism. <laughs> At any rate, there's different ways of looking at this. So I looked at it, and the word free really stands out to me. So I looked up the word freedom. What is, what is freedom? Well, according to Oxford Languages, there are several different definitions. Uh, freedom is a noun, and uh, freedom can mean... The power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. Absence of subjection to foreign domination or despotic government. The state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. The state of being physically unrestricted and able to move easily. The state of not being subject to or affected by a particular undesirable thing. The power of self-determination attributed to the will. The quality of being independent of fate or necessity. Unrestricted use of something. Familiarity or openness in speech or behavior. Kind of all pretty much mean the same thing, only different little uh, takes on it, uh, different vantage points as you consider that. But the one that kind of stood out to me is the one that says the freedom of not being subject to or affected by a particular undesirable thing. So my question to you is, do the American people consider being shot dead in the street while you're shopping, undesirable? Is that an undesirable thing? What about having your kids massacred while they're at school? Or violence in church, you go to a church service. How about just random violence at a Walmart or at an outdoor concert or in a movie theater or at a dance studio? or to prom. I would have to say that the vast majority of the American people would definitely say that gun violence is an undesirable thing. So, how can we have a free state when the majority of the American people feel like their freedom is being infringed on by the Second Amendment. I 
lost my mother when I was 17 years old. She was at her in her home, sitting in her living room. She had two children, one of whom was me, and we were upstairs in our bedrooms sleeping. And she got shot in the face sitting on her sofa in her living room by someone who was licensed to carry a gun. The person was also an alcoholic and had anger management issues, serious anger management issues, and really should not have had a gun. But I'm a survivor. I am the one who heard the gunshot and was on the scene in less than a minute and saw what happened. It's not something anybody, even if you're at the advanced age of 17 years, that's not something that you easily forget. And every time we have a gun massacre in this country, which is almost daily, I get reminded of that because it never goes away. It becomes a permanent part of your life. And I guarantee you all of those folks who were in Allen, Texas shopping yesterday, they're going to remember what happened to them on that day for a long time. And those who lost family members will never forget. And it will change their lives forever. Is that freedom? Is that living in a free state? In my opinion, it's not. Is it freedom when you have to constantly be looking over your shoulder to see if somebody is walking up behind you with a weapon? I mean, let's face it, it's hard enough when you're in public, whether you're grocery shopping or you're at an amusement park or wherever. If you've got kids, you got to keep track of them all. That's a lot to pay attention to. And now on top of that, you got to look around at strangers, not only to see if maybe they're trying to grab your kid or your purse or your wallet or your phone or whatever, but maybe they have a weapon on them. And in a state like Texas, where the governor will tweet that Texas is running number two in gun purchases like it's some sort of a contest, yes, that happened. Governor Greg Abbott of Texas back in 2015, I believe, or 2005, I don't remember when it was, I, I should have written it down, but I didn't, made a comment that Texas was running number two in gun purchases as if that's a bad thing. Personally, I would think number two in gun purchases in the country is scary. And I'm going to bet that there's a bunch of people that were shopping in Allen, Texas yesterday. They had their entire afternoon disrupted. They probably didn't get to finish their shopping. Stores had to close early. People were hiding in back stock rooms for an hour and a half or longer. 
They certainly didn't get home probably when they planned. And let's face it, there were a few families that came home with a family member missing. And you can't undo that. So how are we supposed to enjoy freedom and having a free state when we have to endure this? This is domestic terrorism. If we had a foreign country sneaking people into the country on a daily basis and just randomly shooting people dead in the street or in the movie theater or in a restaurant or at school or wherever, we would not tolerate it. So why are we tolerating it when it is our own citizens doing it? So, if you want to look at the Second Amendment, it seems to me that the whole point of having a well-regulated militia is because it is necessary to the security of a free state. Well, do you have a free state when people are terrorized on a daily basis? No, you don't have a free state. You don't, you don't have the freedom to do what you want. Again, go back to the word freedom, the definition, without hindrance or restraint. Do you think people are going to be reluctant to go shopping again if they were at that mall yesterday in Allen, Texas? Do you think maybe the next time they have to go, do you think maybe they're going to be a little hesitant to go back to that mall? Maybe. I would think it's probably something that you're going to think about. I can guarantee you family members who lost someone yesterday, next time they have to go shopping, they're going to remember the last time they went shopping what happened. And you don't think that they're going to be worried about that a little bit? I think they will. Able to move easily. Well, if you're constantly looking around to see if you, there's a stranger with a gun, and what do you do if you see one? Really, what do you do? Because government, the government of Texas, expects us to trust that person. Trust. They hand out guns. <laughs> if you can afford it, you can have it, basically, in Texas. I would say that being exposed uh, every time you go out somewhere. And you never know when it's going to happen. It could happen everywhere. If it hasn't happened in your city or state yet, well, it's probably happened in your state. It may not have happened in every city or town, but it, it will. It's coming, coming soon to a location near you. And when it happens, hopefully you will be spared. But that's the price we pay for freedom. Whose freedom? Whose freedom are we protecting? Are the troops that are going overseas to fight and lose their lives or their limbs, giving up their family for years at a time to protect the Constitution and to defend the Constitution of the United States, are they doing that 
so that they can come back home and see their kids' heads blown off in school. There are people who are now survivors of more than one mass shooting. That is insanity. It's bad enough to survive one. They've survived two. I think one person has survived three now. Talk about being in the wrong place at the wrong time. That isn't freedom, folks. It's not freedom. It is not freedom. The quality of being independent of fate or necessity. Well, fate would certainly dictate that your chances of being shot in the United States right now are far better than they used to be, and they're certainly better than they would be in other countries. And I want to know, where does the well-regulated part come in? Where is the regulation when you don't have to do a background check, you don't have to submit to a background check, you don't have to get a permit, you don't have to go through any safety training, you don't have to have any insurance in case your gun is used to, well, murder someone. Basically, the only requirement is you just have to have the money to buy one, right? Some places you can carry it around wherever the heck you want to. Where is the regulation? It seems the only regulation that's in place is that you have to actually buy it. You can't steal it. But other than that, pfft, where's the regulation? How convenient that they have just completely ignored that part of the Second Amendment. So, as far as I'm concerned, and, and this was something that actually Keith Olbermann brought up in one of his podcasts, uh, I think it was about two weeks ago, and he went through the Second Amendment and discussed that, and he basically came to the conclusion that his free, uh, his rights of uh, to live in a free state were being infringed upon by the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment very, very clearly says a well-regulated militia, okay? That is a requirement. That's the whole point of the Second Amendment. A well-regulated militia is necessary, being necessary. They're recognizing that in order to have the security of a free state, a requirement is necessary that we have a well-regulated militia, okay? At the time, we didn't. We didn't have a National Guard or an army, or a navy, or marines, or anything. So this well-regulated militia was essential, was necessary, was required to protect the security of a free state. And because of that, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Well, we have a militia now to protect the country. So... Where are they pulling out of their rear ends that citizens have the right to own 50,000 different weapons and that they can own them to protect themselves? 
Self-protection, I don't see anything about self-protection. I don't see anything about owning anything. And that was something else that Keith Olbermann pointed out. The document where the Second Amendment is located, the Bill of Rights, has a lot of stuff about ownership. You know, well, there's a lot of stuff in there about ownership. And yet, they don't use the word own in the Second Amendment. They don't say that uh, the, uh, um, the uh, right of the people to keep and own arms shall not be infringed. It says bear. Bear means to have. doesn't mean that you own them. You can have things that don't belong to you. You can borrow things from people. And when you've got them, you have them, but they're not yours. You don't have any legal right to them because they've been loaned. And in this case, they've been loaned to members of the well-regulated militia because having a well-regulated militia is necessary to the security of a free state. And because of that, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed because they have to protect the security of a free state by having a well-regulated militia. The well-regulated militia part is not optional. And those of us who don't want to be confronted with people that we don't know carrying guns around and sticking guns in our face everywhere we go, And to me, somebody that has a gun uh, on their person that I can see, that's a threat. I view that as a threat because moments after my mother was murdered in her living room, the person who killed her turned that gun on me, pointed it right at me. And I realized that in the blink of an eye, I could have been dead. Boom. I could have been gone. Nobody has that right. And I don't live in a free state because of all of this crap that goes on on a daily basis. And the worst part of it, they're not doing this to protect the free state. They're doing it to protect the gun industry that dumps millions and millions of dollars every year into their checking accounts. It's greed. It's all about money. That is the motivation for all of this. Your life is worth less to politicians that support the NRA and protect all of this stuff. Your right is, your your life is, is worth less to them than the money they get from the NRA. And it's a fact that in some states in the United States, gun rights are far exceeding the rights of women to make their own health care choices. What the heck is wrong with that? (laughs) We have a gun problem. It is the guns. Uh, No, we won't stop gun violence completely, but we can take steps that will greatly curtail it and the lives saved through those actions are worth it. If you value life, if you're a Christian, life should be 
what? Above all, right? Most precious thing that we have. You should give of yourself. And what about taking care of your neighbor? How are you taking care of your neighbor knowing that because of the laws that you are making sure stay intact or <laughs> the regulations that, are, that you're loosening are going to kill people? You're a good Christian? Yeah, try to sell that one to St. Peter at the pearly gates when you show up. Oh, huh, weren't you, uh, yeah, you were a uh, public servant in the United States of America, weren't you? Uh-huh. And, uh, huh, do you realize that 10,000 people died because of you? Well, you didn't actually kill them, but you kind of did because of your support of the Second Amendment. And let me see here. You received all this money from the NRA and the lobbyists and the gun manufacturers. And that seems to be your motivation for that. You weren't so interested in protecting somebody's right to bear arms. You were more interested in what it did for you, the money, right? Yeah. I'm sorry, but your name's not on the list. You're going to have to turn around, and if hell will have you... Good luck. These people that are supporting the Second Amendment, that are preventing regulations from going through that would help save lives, all need to go to hell. Every one of them needs to go straight to hell. By the way, just in case you were actually wondering about the actual meaning of the term free state, I can explain that to you. There are a lot of literary sources going back to, uh, oh gosh, 1760. 1774, 1805, 1787. Sources that include John Adams and James Madison, the Continental Congress in 1774, these are all sources that have been cited by the framers and the founders of the, of the country. And there's a lot of them. There's a whole bunch of them. Um, framing era and pre-framing writings that are documented, have been around forever. These are writings that would have been known to the framers. And interestingly enough, these writings are not normally, well, <laughs> they're not really mentioned when you get to a lot of the folks excuse me, that are promoting the Second Amendment and, and its almost unrestricted rights. But these writings actually provide a very clear picture of what the term free state actually meant at the time. And in 18th century political discourse, the phrase free state 
was a well-accepted, widely understood political term meaning free country. And that means uh, not so much uh, individual rights and not so much uh, despotism, but a free country. And the word state simply meant country. And free almost always meant free from despotism, not from some other country or uh, some larger uh, entity, perhaps, uh, you know, higher up in the federal structure. But that is how this particular term had been used in many of the writings that the framers had read. And as we know, James Madison used that term, free country, in his original interpretation of the Second Amendment when they were working on it. So, there's no reason to suggest or to believe, or we shouldn't even entertain the thought that for some reason the framers decided to not use this well-established and well-accepted at the time uh, meaning of this particular term and try to interject another complete different meaning to it. So, we need to understand that when the Second Amendment says free state, what they are talking about is preserving the freedoms and the liberties of the new country that was being um, established by the writings of the Constitution and, and the Bill of Rights. So, there you go. Free state means free country, and it all de was dependent upon the necessity, which they have the word necessary in there, so a well-regulated militia being necessary, so if it's necessary, to me, that's essential. It's not optional, and you can't remove that requirement. But we have. We have. The Supreme Court has removed that requirement. The same Supreme Court that has made stupid decisions in the past and is as corrupt as can possibly be today. So, if anybody wants to argue free state, tell them to go back to the writings from the uh, 18th century and previous, the type of literature that the framers of our Constitution, the founders of the country, would have been reading at the time and tell them to do some research on what free and state actually means.
So, freedom. The state of not being subject to or affected by a particular undesirable thing. Do you feel like you live in a free state? For those of you who are gun enthusiasts and Second Amendment supporters, do you feel free when you leave your house if you don't have a weapon on you? If you carry a weapon around because you're afraid, you don't live in a free state. If you carry a weapon around because you're a bully and you want to intimidate others because it gets you off in some sick way, uh, guess what? You're depriving others of living in a free state. And they have a right to live in a free state just the same as you do. And generally, when one person's rights start infringing on another's, uh, somebody is going to have to give up their rights. And in this case, I think it's the Second Amendment is going to have to be reinterpreted. I don't think we need to really change things, but we need to follow what it says. And that well-regulated militia thing and the sole purpose of having the well-regulated militia is because it's necessary to protect a free state. That's it. Nothing in there about owning guns. Nothing about self-protection. Nothing about protecting yourself from the tyranny of government. I don't think that the majority of the American people are going to continue to tolerate the mass shootings for much longer. I think people are really getting fed up with it. And if you're not, maybe it's because you're not paying attention. So let me just show you, let me just tell you very quickly here how bad these mass shootings are in the United States. Let's just, for instance, take 2023, okay? We're in the fifth month right now. We're not even halfway through May. So let's just go through what's already happened this year. We started off January of 2023 with 52 mass shootings in this country. 52, more than one a day. Total number of people that were killed, which could include the shooter as well, 87. 87 people died in January alone this year in the United States of America, in our free state. Uh, 205 people were wounded in January. Think of the medical bills for the people who probably hadn't planned for a hospital emergency room. Uh, what if it's the wage earner and they've got months and months ahead of them of recovery and they're not going to be able to go to work? Think of the financial burden that that places on that family. Have these Republicans who insist that the Second Amendment means unrestrained use of weapons, unrestrained ownership 
of guns, including stuff that can kill a classroom of children in 15 seconds? Have they made any provision at all to take care of families, innocent people who lose loved ones? Maybe they're the wage earner. How's the mom with three kids, three young kids, supposed to survive if the husband is killed? Or how about the husband who stayed home and was Mr. Mom? That happens very frequently these days, and because their partner went out and was the wage earner. Partner could have been another man or could have been a woman. Bottom line is it's a parent with kids, and now all of a sudden they've lost, not only lost part of their family, but they've also lost the wage earner. Have the Republicans done anything at all to address that situation? No. They don't do it because they don't care. They do not care about the American people. And I'm not going to say that the Democrats are <laughs> crystal pure on this. There's a lot of Democrats that are sleazebags too. But by and large, the Democratic Party isn't trying to kill people intentionally. And the Republicans seem to be set on killing people. They don't seem to care. So um, in January, none of those uh, mass shootings occurred at a school or university, thank goodness. Um, and none of them occurred at a place of worship. And to date, I don't believe in 2023 we've had any mass shootings at a place of worship. So let's go on to February Things dropped off a little bit. February was a short month. Shooters didn't have quite as many days to get out and massacre people. We only had 43 mass shootings, still more than one a day. 54 people were killed. It's 54 families that have been devastated. 160 people were wounded. It's another 160 families faced with medical bills. And some of that cost is going to have to come out of their already stretched thin pockets. Uh, in February, two of the mass shootings did occur at a school or a university. In March, we had 40 mass shootings. 55 people died. 110 people were wounded. And one of those shootings occurred at a school or a university. In April... We had 51 mass shootings, 61 people dead, 235 people wounded. None of them were at a school or a university. It's a lot of people being impacted by gun violence, don't you think? And that's just January, February, March, and April. Let's just take a look at May. Keep in mind, folks, I'm recording this on the 7th. This is May 7th, Sunday afternoon. May 1st, we started off the month with seven people murdered in Henrietta, Oklahoma. The very next day, on May 2nd, 
we had two shootings, one in Lake Wales, Florida, where five people died. Uh, there were no injuries in the Henrietta, Oklahoma shooting or in the Lake Wales, Florida shooting because everybody died. Okay, so I guess if you are shot and you're dead, it's not considered an injury <laughs> in a sick way. That's comforting, right? And the second one uh, on May 2nd was in DeKalb County, Georgia, which is kind of in the Atlanta area. Two people were murdered and two people were injured. The next day, May 3rd, in Atlanta again. One person was killed, four people were injured. Same day, May 3rd, Chicago, Illinois. Nobody died, but four people got injured in a mass shooting, so lots of families there are going to have hospital bills they weren't planning on. May 5th, in Bastrop, Louisiana, two people died, and two people were injured in a mass shooting. May 5th, same day. May 5th was a bad day. We had, uh, wow, one, two, three, four, five. We had six mass shootings in the United States on May 5th. Cinco de Mayo, people were partying, people were drinking. You know, the Republicans have passed laws in some of their states, the red states, where it's okay to carry a firearm into a bar. Isn't that brilliant? What could possibly go wrong? People getting intoxicated and they have a gun on them? Are you kidding me? You want to think for a second that the Republicans give one hoot about life? <laughs> so, yeah, May 5th, Ocean Springs, Mississippi. One person died, six people were injured. May 5th, St. Louis, Missouri. Two people shot and killed, two people injured. May 5th, Vicksburg, Mississippi. Two people shot and killed, and two people were injured. May 5th in Natchez, Mississippi. I think that's Natchez. I'm not sure how they pronounce that. Natchez, Mississippi. Two dead, two injured. May 5th, San Diego, California. One dead, three injured. May 6th, yesterday. Chico, California. One death, five injuries. May 6th, Allen, Texas, nine dead so far, uh, seven injured. And again, on May 6th in uh, Columbus, Ohio, two apparently have died and three were injured. Really, America? This is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? And let's face it, the Republican Party has basically said they can't do anything about it or they're not going to do anything about it. Nothing's going to happen. So it's perfectly okay with them if your family gets shot in a shopping center or in a restaurant or at a concert or at a movie theater or wherever. They don't care. They do not care because they are making so much money and they're getting so much back from the gun industry, they just don't really want to interfere with it. It's pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. This doesn't happen anyplace else in the world. It's just the United States. 
It's just the United States. And the predictions are between now and I think it was 2035. So, you know, um, probably uh, 13 years, 12 years from now. Between now and then, 600,000 Americans will die due to guns if we don't do something to address the gun problem we have in this country. That's basically another civil war. And let me tell you, if you think a civil war is a good idea, you're not an American. You're not a patriot. If you think that a president who lied repeatedly, cheated on every wife, profited from his presidency in ways that are not acceptable according to the U.S. Constitution, but did it anyway. President that was okay with his vice president being killed or members of Congress being killed. President who incited an insurrection and has offered comfort and aid to those who were involved. Because he said if he gets elected for uh, president again, he's going to pardon all of those people. Those people are traitors to the country. And we've got a lot of people in Congress right now that are uh, supporting them. Do you think maybe we've got a problem in this country with some of the people we've elected? And let me just remind you that... uh, Yesterday afternoon in Allen, Texas, that's a very Republican area, highly Republican. But if those parents had taken um, their families to a drag queen show, they'd all still be alive today. But that's what we're focused on, drag queens. And picking on transgender people. So, free state, freedom. You think you live in a free country? Ask a woman who recently has had to endure carrying a dead fetus around in her womb to the point where she was about to die before she could get medical care. Ask the woman who was told that her baby that she wanted very much didn't have kidneys and would not survive once it was born. And she had to carry that baby around in her womb for nine months, knowing that it didn't stand a chance of life. Are those few seconds or few minutes of life after the baby pops out of the womb, is it worth that? I don't think so. That's not life. You're not protecting life. What you're doing is you are traumatizing a woman. Ask the kids who are in school and they're wondering about being gay. Maybe they don't know for sure if they are, but they feel like they're attracted to members of the same sex. They can't talk to their parents about it. So maybe they would normally go to the library and see if they could find a book. And I'm not talking about kids that are, you know, in the single digits. I don't think most kids 
really worry about that kind of thing. I don't know. Maybe some do. But the bottom line is, is if you're gay or if you're thinking about maybe you're gay or bisexual or whatever, reading a book about it that talks about it isn't going to change your mind. It's not going to make you gay. If you're feeling like you are a man trapped in a woman's body or a woman trapped in a man's body, reading a book about it isn't going to make you decide, oh yeah, I, I, I really don't want to be a man anymore. I'd prefer to be a woman. If you're already fighting those feelings and you're looking for information, a book is going to give you facts. But we're busy taking those things out of libraries because, well, it's just better not to know what's going on, right? We'll just pretend gay people don't exist. We'll just pretend that there's nobody out there that feels like uh, they're in the wrong body. Just make it go away. Make them conform to what some people think is the right way to live or normal. That isn't freedom. That's not freedom. That's suppression. That's censorship. That's propaganda. That's not protecting a free state. Well, I am going to end this podcast at this point. I hope I have given you a few things to at least think about. And we'll find out how the new mic performed when I go back through and listen to this. Hopefully, it will be better. Won't do anything about my voice or my oration or my diction or anything like that. But, hey, AI's out there, so I can have AI read it, right? <laughs> I won't have to do anything. Just the... Uh, Lend my name to the podcast. I hope your Sunday is a good one. I hope you are not someplace where you realize that your rights are being infringed upon by somebody else who thinks their rights supersede all of yours, including your right to live your life. And if you see a Republican um, senator whether it's a state or federal or house rep, tell them you want change. And that if they don't do something about it come 2024, they may be forced to into change. And I think that that is the one thing that the Republicans are seriously, seriously, seriously not considering enough. We have a lot of young Americans every single day who are becoming of legal age to vote. And you know what? They're registering to vote. And I'll tell you something else. The vast majority of them are not registering as Republicans. Some of them are, but most are not. And they're going to vote because they don't like what they're seeing they don't like the fact that they have to worry about being shot dead in school or at college. 
and they don't want to live in a world where we have polluted air and water that's not drinkable and the climate is doing crazy things because, well, their predecessors, their moms, their dads, their grandparents kept voting for people and believing the lies that these people were telling them so that big business could make a fortune. And that's basically what it is. The oil and gas companies own the politicians. Big business owns the politicians. The gun industry owns the politicians. The millionaires, the billionaires own the politicians. And people keep voting for these same politicians because... Well, they're told critical race theory is such an issue, even though facts are that it's not really being taught in schools. And maybe it's something that kids ought to learn about. Maybe it would make them better people if they understood. They're trying to rewrite history because black kids don't have a right to learn about their own family's history. Really? Because slavery, well that might make the white children uncomfortable. Yeah. We have a problem in this country right now. Part of it is Americans who are not informed. They think they are because they're watching Fox News or One America News or Newsmax and those <laughs> channels lie to them. Fox News admitted that they lied. They lied. And they're continuing to lie. But kids, young adults that are becoming of age, they're not going to put up with this. They are not going to put up with this. They're informed. They know where to go to get information if they want it. And they're getting the truth. And they are not happy with what they're seeing. And they're not happy with us. With my generation and the ones before me and the ones after me that have allowed all of this to happen. This is the mess that they're going to inherit. And they're going to say, gee, thanks a lot, past generations, for allowing this. Something needs to give. Something has to change. We cannot continue to tolerate the lies Thoughts and prayers mean nothing. If you're a Christian, that's great. But understand, your thoughts and prayers are not enough. And the Bible says you have to do the work. You have to do more than pray and think good thoughts. You have to get involved. You have to act to make changes. And if you want these mass shootings to stop, you can start when you finish your prayer by picking up your phone and calling your Republican or your Democrat in Congress and at your state and local level and tell them, I'm tired of the gun violence. Do something about it. Period. Or I'm going to vote your sorry butt out of office. I'm going to be a one-topic voter. And that's going to be gun have to, guns have to be controlled. Gun violence has to stop. And that's how you start making change. 
and Sabrina just came back in and she just meowed and she's rattling her collar if you hear noise. I'm not sure what you can hear over this microphone, but I think she may want her chair back and I'm going to give it to her. She probably wants a little bite to eat too. So I'm going to let you go. I hope you have a good Sunday afternoon and evening unless you have other plans. Thank you again for your time. I really very, very much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at Federal Andy, and I'd be really grateful if you would follow me. I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy, and I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week. Thank mm-hmm. you.